Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Happy, happy new year. Happy new year to you. I'm A.J. Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. Join my VIP program. Now is the time to commit to my VIP program. Join now. Join today. Do it at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Go there after the show. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. We're live. Our first live show. Live video show. First live show of 2019. Hope you are having a good, strong beginning to your new year. It's a nice symbolic time to focus again on what's most important for you in your life. A time to focus on those goals, your most important goals, to put some extra energy into those important goals, to really get a strong, good start to this new year. You know, it's this a symbol of a fresh start, a new start with your life each year we have at the new year. And guess what? That's also kind of the topic of our book club today as we do chapter three. Because in chapter three, it is all about focusing on what's most important. Choosing your goals carefully and focusing your energy each day on the most important things. Because it's easy to get distracted by small stuff. We're going to talk more about that. Right now, let's go as usual with our live show and just say hello to everyone joining uh, live. Someone's in Phuket, Dimitri. Hey, that's fantastic. I am jealous. Although, I'll be on the beach soon, too. <laughs> Different beach, but I'll be on the beach, too. Uh, we have some familiar names. Uh, Carol, hey, good, and Asma, happy new year to you. Gerson, hello. Claudia, Brazil, hello, hello. So lots of people saying hello from all over the world, as usual. And lots of happy new years. Thank you so much. From France and Russia. Fantastic. Poland, Vietnam, India, Hungary, and Brazil again. Hey, great. All right. Hey, so I think it's time, Turkey. Thanks for checking in. You know how this works. Let's just jump in and get started. Ah, Hasina, another familiar name. Very good. Okay, we're going to go and I will go through this chapter and tell you the basic summary, give you my personal ideas about... Uh, this chapter as we go, and then we'll come back to our live audience, the live members, and uh, I'll discuss some of your questions and comments. Now, of course, I can't do all of them, but uh, I'll try to do several. Let's go. Chapter three. Again, the book is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And the writer, the author, Stephen Covey. Habit number three, put first things first. Put first things first. All right. 
That means um, the first things means the most important things. So it means put most important things first. Make them your first focus, your first priority. That's what we're talking about here. Priorities. Priorities are when you decide what's number one, what's number two, what's number three, what's number four, what's number five. Meaning, number one is most important. Number two, second most important. Number three, third most important. You have to decide everything's not equal. Equality is a big lie. Nothing is equal. And that is also true for you and your goals and the different activities in your life. You have to decide. Some are more important for you. Some are less important. All right, moving on. Principles of personal management. As usual, he begins the chapter with kind of a little exercise. He wants you to imagine something or to answer some questions. Right? He tries to always get you to think about something first. So his question is this. This is a nice question for New Year's, actually. What one thing could you do, one thing in your life, could you do that would make a tremendous, meaning a huge, big, powerful positive difference in your personal life. What one thing could you do every day, one thing, that would make a huge positive change in your personal life, your personal life? So not work, not school, your personal life. It's a good one to think about. What one thing could you do every day that would change in a good way, in a very strong, positive way, would change your personal life, make it much better? And then question number two, it's the same question, but it's about uh, your business or professional life. What one thing could you do in your business life or your professional life? Or we could even say financial. Let's just say financial. Because even if, you know, maybe you're just an investor, even if you're, you stay at home and you take care of the kids, but, you know, you still have to deal with money. So I think a better, let's say question two, what one thing could you do in your financial, meaning money, your financial life? That would, again, make a big positive change overall. The one thing you could do every day. I'm like... We'll talk, you know, like for example, so I, I don't know, but, you know, for the financial, maybe, you know, you could save $1 a day. I don't know. You could save $5 a day, whatever it is. Um, you could learn something. You could take a course. I don't know. You could, uh, you know, for the first one, your personal life, maybe that's uh, listening to English lessons every day. Or maybe you want to focus on your health or maybe you want to focus more on your um, relationships. You have to decide this, right? So basically... These questions are helping you already in the, in the beginning decide what's, what's the most important thing to me in my personal life? What's the most important thing to me in my financial life? And you could even do like a third question. What's most important for my physical life, meaning your health and your fitness? Right? So that would be a third question. Okay, next we move on. He talks about, he reviews the three habits. So this is habit number three today. Right? Chapter three, habit three. Habit number one, you remember, was be proactive. It means you have, you're the boss, right? You are, you create your life with your, first with your mind. Habit two talks about your imagination, right? It's creating in your mind, getting the vision. Number two is really, habit two is about getting the vision for your life, your character, the deep, most powerful and important things in your life, you know, figuring out what that is, what those are. 
And now habit number three is about, really it's about taking action every day. It's about doing it, right? So habit one, you have a general mindset. I'm the boss of my life. I'm the master of my, of my life, of myself, of my mind. And then habit two is what's, you know, what's my big vision for my life long term? And then now number three, we get to the details. How do I do it? How do I create that? What actions do I take every day? What habits do I create every day so it becomes real, right? Because in habit two, you're imagining it, you're seeing it, it's a vision, but it's, it's not in the outside world yet. So now we have to make it happen. Okay, then he's, he, he describes habit three as effective self-management. Effective self-management. Again, you'll remember that he comes from a business background, or he came, he's, he died actually a few years ago. For, um, but he came from a business background, and he, he talked about, he discussed how habit two was about leadership, right? The big picture, the big vision, the long term, the deep character, all of those big things, that's leadership. And then now he's saying management is more like the details, the everyday details. It's the making it happen every day. That's management. Managing yourself is the key for this habit. Because remember, habit number one, habit two, and habit three are about yourself. They're, the next chapter, we start talking about other people, lead, like affecting other people, leading other people making good relationships with other people. Those are the last three habits, or the last four habits, really. Um, but this one is about managing yourself. So it's managing your time, managing your energy, managing your habits, your behavior, your actions every day. This is about daily self-management, managing yourself. Okay, let's keep going. Next section. Okay, now he says that what's the um, the key to good self-management, self-control, self-control is what this is about. Really, it's about self-discipline. I like that. I like to use that phrase myself. He's calling it self-management. I like to call it self-discipline. Same idea. But basically saying it's your willpower, right? It's your willpower. It's the ability to make yourself do things. That's the key. We all know that sometimes that's not easy, right? Sometimes you know what to do. In fact, I think many times in life, you know what you need to do. You know you should eat those healthy foods. You know you should do those exercises every day. You know you should listen to English a couple hours every day. You know all these things. You know you shouldn't get too angry. You know you should be patient. The hard thing is to then do it in the moment, right? Because, oh, you get hungry and there's a bunch of sh good sugary stuff. <sighs> and then it's willpower, right? Can you force yourself? Can you have the power to be self-disciplined, self-controlled? Or will the desire, will the emotion, will the addiction take control? And then you do something it feels good for a short time, but it's not good for you long term, right? I mean, the best example of someone who's who's really overweight, who's fat and unhealthy, but 
They need willpower to eat better. You need willpower to exercise, right? You get up in the morning, you know you should exercise, but of course you need that energy, that mental power, willpower, so that you push yourself and do it. Again, I like, I like the word self-discipline, right? Self-control, self-discipline. And then, okay, hey, see, I should have looked in the next page. He uses, he, he says exactly that. I, I highlighted it. He says, management is discipline. There you go. So actually, we do agree. <laughs> management is discipline. It's discipline. It's, it's self-control, self-discipline so that you do what you know you should do. You follow your principles. That's what self-discipline is, right? It's not... It's not controlling yourself in a bad way, right? Even discipline as a parent, okay? Because sometimes, uh, I don't know, some people have a bad idea about the word discipline. You need to discipline your children. You must have discipline with children. You must teach your children discipline. You must have discipline in your family. Some people, oh, I don't like that idea. They think it means being mean to their kids or something. But it's the opposite. It means you have principles, values that are deep, that are important, rules, and you create rules around them so that you make your children, in the beginning with little kids, you have to make them, okay? They don't want to do it, okay? You, you make them follow those important principles. Why? Because you want control, because you're a bad person? No, of course not. Because you know for them to be healthy and happy long-term in their life, their whole life, they need self-control. They need to do these things. You know, for example, that giving your children just sugar, 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 every meal, sugar, 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 they love it. They want it. Okay. They will be happy if you do that short term. But you as the parent, you know, that's not healthy for them. It's not good for them now. And it's definitely not good for them long term. They get a sugar addiction and then their whole life they might eat badly. This can cause a lot of health problems. It's not good. So as the parent, you must have the discipline. You might, you create the rules, right? You know, like when I was a kid, you know, you have to eat your dinner, eat all the healthy food first, then maybe you get something sweet at the end, right? It's that's discipline from that's discipline from the outside, right? That's parental discipline. The parents are creating that discipline. You have to do it. But it, when you're an adult, when you grow up and become an adult, it's usually you have to do it for yourself, right? And this is a little more difficult sometimes. No, no one on the outside will do it for you now, okay? Your parents are not controlling you anymore. No one is watching you as you eat. So now you have to have self-discipline. It means the, the deep part of you, the principles, the values, the strong part of you deep inside has to have control because the emotions and the other things might want you to do things that are not healthy for you, right? I mean, again, you might want to eat sugar, 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 sugar all the time, but you know, deep inside, you know that's bad. So you need the discipline, the self-discipline, the self-control not to do that. That's what discipline is, and so it's a very positive thing because it's really about you making decisions for the long term, smarter long-term decisions and following them. It's following your own values, following your own 
principles, following the character you want. That's what self-discipline means. It's not punishment. All right, next, eh, this next section, honestly, I don't think is very important. He is more about um, self-help books. It's more about business books, about time management. I, I, for me, it was not very interesting, honestly, this section. So I'm going to go very fast. <laughs> I'm just going to skip it. Um, this next part, however, is important. And this is basically where he talks about when, we're, when you're thinking about time management, all right? So now we've thought about the big picture, all right, our vision. And then now we're looking at management. We know we have to manage ourselves and have discipline. But now we're getting to the very specific things of our time. This is the key. We have a limited amount of time and energy every day. We have 24 hours per day, everybody. And then, of course, you have a limited amount of physical and mental energy also. Right? We are, we're, we're limited. Okay, there's Some people have a lot of physical energy. Some people have a lot of uh, emotional energy and mental energy. Some people have less, but it's all limited, right? There's a certain amount and that's it. So we have to figure out how to use it the best we can to get the best results that will make us happiest in our, happiest in our lives. And he talks about there's kind of like two things you can think about. Any task, any action. Anything you need to do for time management. Number one is urgency. Urgent or urgency. Urgency is the noun. And the other is importance. Importance. So basically you ask yourself, let's say, um, brushing your teeth. Brushing your teeth. You think about, is it urgent? Is it important? Is it important? Uh, yeah, actually it is important, right? You need to brush your teeth because if you don't, you're going to have a lot of teeth problems in the future. This could create health problems. So it's important. It is fairly important, quite important. Urgency. Urgency means it's, it, it's connected to the word emergency, like an emergency, right? An emergency is something bad or something, a crisis, right? Something that happens right now. Oh, it's sudden. It's a sudden problem is usually what it is, right? A big sudden problem. Like if you, uh, if you fall down, you break your leg. That's an emergency. You cannot ignore it, right? You can't ignore it. It's, it's an emergency. Well, the root word's the same, urgent or urgency. And it means that something you must do now. Right? It means it's something that needs to be done right now. There's, you can't wait. And so what he's saying is when you think about you know, your life, when you think about your time each day, when you think about your actions each day, you have to look at them and decide these two, these two things. Are they urgent and are they important? And these are different so brushing your teeth is important, I would say, yes. Is it urgent? Uh, not so much. Right? I mean, you don't, like, for example, if you're, if you're watching a TV show, you don't need to stop immediately and brush your teeth. You can kind of ignore it. You can even skip it for a day. And your teeth won't, your teeth won't suddenly fall apart, right? You're, they won't suddenly break if you miss it one day. 
So brushing your teeth is not very urgent. There's no big emergency about it, right? There's no pressure. There's no time pressure about brushing your teeth. But it is important. So it's not urgent, but it is important. Um, you can also have things that are urgent, but they're not important. So for example, sometimes people have cell phones and they answer their cell phone all the time. So people are constantly calling them. Maybe someone calls you on the phone. It's, is it urgent? Kind of, because it's ringing right now. Ring, ring, ring. So there's a time pressure, like answer it now. Answer it now. So it's urgent, or it feels urgent. You answer it, and then it's just your friend gossiping about stupid stuff. Not important at all. Completely not important. So it's kind of urgent. It means it's kind of right now. Urgent. But it's not so important, right? In fact, you probably could ignore it if you wanted to. So you can see these things, right? And then he has a graph. Next page, he has four boxes. Something that is, things that are important and urgent. They're both. They're very important and you must do them right now. In box number two, you have, all, again, things that are important, but they're not urgent. You don't need to do them right now. There's no time pressure, but they are important. And then, of course, on the bottom, box number three, he says are things that are not important, but they are urgent. So that's like you're interrupted by a phone call, right? It's a time, you, time pressure. You have to talk now, but it's not really important. And then the worst section in terms of wasting your time, not important and not urgent, both. So, for example, um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, watching television is a good one. Watching some TV show. It's not urgent. You don't have to do it right now. It's not, uh, right? Like watching a D DVD or something. And also it's not important. Doesn't mean it's bad necessarily. It's just not important and it's not urgent. That's all. Here's the point of all this. For your long-term results, your long-term success, usually the activities are in box number two. They're very important, but they're not urgent. This is why they're, it's, they're difficult to do. This is why so many people fail. Because they have a lot of things in life that are important. They should do them, but they're not urgent. There's no time pressure. So it's easy to just wait and say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. We call this procrastinating, right? You just push it to the future. Push it away. Push it away. Push it away. Exercise. I'll come back to physical exercise, right? Let's say I'm going to get strong. I'm going to lift weights for this year. I'm going to become strong and build muscle. So that's important, right? It is important that you'll be healthier, you'll be stronger. It's good for you. But it's not urgent because you wake up the next day and uh, I don't have to do this. Nothing's going to happen if you don't. So it's really easy to wake up the next day. You wake up tomorrow. You feel kind of tired. Oh, I, I, I don't need to do it today. I'll start tomorrow. So you push it forward another day because it's not urgent. And then the next day you wake up. Oh, and you get busy doing other things. And ah, oh, no time to go to the gym. Oh, it's important, but it's not urgent. So again, you push it away. And then eventually you kind of forget about it. 
That's the problem with a lot of long-term goals that are very important. Your most important goals. People push them away and forget them because they're not urgent. They get distracted. They get distracted means their attention goes to lots of small things that seem urgent. People calling them on the phone all the time, having to run to work, doing lots of little jobs, running around doing all these small things constantly, watching TV shows. All this small stuff fills up the day, fills up their time, takes their energy. So those deep, important things get ignored, get forgotten. That's the point. So he's saying, in his opinion, the key of good self-management, self-discipline, is you've got to focus on this area, especially in your life, because this is the weak point for most people. You've got to look at those things that are important, but they're not urgent. There's no time pressure, but you have to decide to do them anyway every day. And basically what you must do, you create your own urgency. You, you decide in your mind, in fact, yes, there is time pressure. Yes, I must do these today. In fact, I must do these first. Put first things first. I'm going to make these important things first in my life, first in my time management, first every day. So you decide, for example, that going to the gym is urgent for you, that you will not put it until tomorrow or the next day, that it's more important than all those other small things that seem more urgent. No, you're going to ignore those other things until you go to the gym and work out or until you do the other things that are most important to you. That's the key to getting the real results. This is also true for English and listening to English. Or you've decided that English is very important for you. Again, it's easy not to do it. Oh, I'm distracted. I have other things to do. And you don't listen each day. No, no, no. You decide this is important. So I'm going to do this. I think it's a good idea to create something in the morning so that immediately in the morning you do those important things. Even if you just do a little bit. Because it creates a good habit and it shows yourself that this is important to me. So if English is very important to you, when you wake up in the morning, immediately listen to English. Immediately, while you're getting dressed, even while you're in the shower or something, listen to English. While you're going to work or to school, whatever it is you do in the morning while you're eating breakfast, listen to English. Even 15 minutes is, is okay. Just start the day with English because it's important. It gets you started right away on this important goal. This is powerful. Now, if exercise is what you need to do, then exercise in the morning. Or you could do both. You could exercise and listen to English at the same time. That's the cool thing about English. Uh, especially effortless English, because it's focused on your ears and listening, you can do other things while you do it, especially physical things like walking or even push-ups or something. All right, let's move forward in the chapter. Okay, here's another uh, important thing. Uh, this section is what it takes to say no. 
So he makes the point that, how do you do this? Well, he's, he makes the point that in, to do this, to focus on what's most important, you must learn to say no. Because, you know, there's all those urgent things, right? They seem urgent, like now, 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 now. I must do this now. I must do this now. Your cell phone's ringing right now. You got to go to work right now. The kids are yelling right now. All this stuff is happening now, 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 now. And so you get too busy doing these things. He says you must learn to say no. Don't answer the phone. You don't have to answer your phone every time. Okay, if you are... If you decide I'm going to listen to English, you know, at 9 a.m. every morning, don't answer your phone at 9 a.m. Do not answer your phone. Somebody calls you at 9 a.m. They can wait. You can call them back 30 minutes later or an hour later, whatever. Or same thing if you're exercising. Don't answer the phone. Turn it off. Turn off the phone. Turn off the TV. Turn off the distractions. Say no to those things while you focus on what's most important. You've got to learn to say no. If you're too busy running around doing lots of little things every day, cut some of them. You've got to say no to some of them. You've got to cut some out so you have more time for what's important. And especially so you have more enough energy, more and enough energy for what's important to you. So he says, you. Decide what your highest priorities are, what the most important things are for you in your life, your long-term goals, and say no to other things. You have to learn to say no to other things that are smaller, even if they seem like little tiny emergencies. You know, we don't have a lot of real emergencies. Of course, a real emergency, you have to do something. You know, like I said, if you fall down, you hurt your leg, you break your leg, you got to go to the hospital. But most of the little small emergencies every day, you can ignore them, you can turn them off. Like the cell phone's the perfect example of that. Emails are also a good example of that. Okay, you've got a little picture here in the book basically discussing all of this. Uh, this base part is kind of, I don't know, I think he's kind of selling his, um, <laughs> he, he's selling some like little daily planner book. Um, I don't think it's important. We're going to skip it. Okay. But here's the next part. How do you do this now? He's now it's time to get very specific how to do this. How do you become a self manager, a self manager? How do you focus every day on these important things? First thing to do, he says, write down your roles, your roles, your usual and most important roles in your life. R-O-L-E-S, roles. That's like an actor, role. So your roles, for example, maybe you're you know, a husband or a wife, that's a role. Father or mother, that's a role. Employee, that's a role, right? These are kind of positions in life responsibilities, areas, positions of your life. Write down the major ones that are most important. And then create a specific goal of an important goal for each one. A long-term goal. So like, a, you know, at least one year. 
could even be longer than one year. And then next, step three, schedule. Schedule your actions for these goals. And he's saying, start with this week. Decide this week, you know, in your calendar or on your phone, whatever. Write down each day what you will do, the specific action you will do for each goal. So if you're doing my VIP program, that's easy. You just, you know, you listen an hour per day or two hours per day or more if you can. But you can just write it. Schedule it, though. Don't just say, I will do two hours per day. Decide exactly when, you know, eight to nine, and then later uh, at four to five in the afternoon. Write it on your calendar, specific times. Same with exercise, same with work, anything, any goal. Schedule it. And then he's got this example. I think this is the little planner thing he's, he's kind of selling. Okay. Next, he has a, a, a section called delegation. Now, again, delegation um, is an idea that's especially important in business, work and business, but um, it can also be important in personal life. You can use it in personal life. What is delegation? Delegation basically means... Uh, you use a team. You get other. You don't do everything yourself. It means you tell other people to do things. Right. That's what delegation means. It's the noun. The verb is to delegate. To delegate means to give a job to somebody else. If you create your own company, let's say you start a business. Let's say you start a business and you're selling. Um, I don't know, you know, you're selling glasses, <laughs> okay? You're making glasses and you're selling glasses. Maybe in the beginning, it's only you, one person, and you're doing everything. You're, you're making each pair of glasses by hand. You're an artist. And then you have a website and you make your website by yourself and you, you advertise yourself and you get the orders yourself and you accept the money and then you mail the glasses to the people yourself. Everything's you. Every single job, is, you're doing it. That's okay maybe in the very beginning, but if you start to become successful, you get more customers, there's no way you can grow and do everything yourself, right? You, it's obvious. Eventually, you won't have enough time or energy to do all of that yourself. You have to delegate. You have to choose some of those jobs and you know give them to someone else. You, you can hire somebody as an employee. You can get a contractor. And there's many ways to do it, but basically you have to find other people to do some of those jobs. And, you know, as the business owner, sometimes that's hard to decide which jobs. Like in that example, which, which of those jobs should someone else do? It depends. If you're really a great artist and being a... An artist is the most important part for you in the in your business. Then maybe you continue to make the glasses by hand, but you hire other people to take the orders and mail the glasses to other people and process the money and do all that stuff. On the other hand, maybe um, you just like designing them. You don't want to make them by hand. 
right? It's too limiting. So actually, you make your design, then you hire someone else, maybe another company or other people, to make a little factory, and the other they make your glasses for you. So you see what happens. And then, of course, if you, as the business gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, you have to hire more and more people because there are more and more and more jobs to do. And there's no way one person can do everything. It's impossible. And when you get to very, very large companies, of course, they have thousands of employees. And the guy at the top, he's not doing everything. He delegates, right? The CEO, let's say Steve Jobs, when he was the boss of Apple, he did not design the iPod himself. No way, impossible for one person to do that. It's too big. He, he had a basic idea. I want a music player, you know, and like this. And he had some basic, some ideas. And then he told his team, do it. Figure it out. Make it. And they designed it. They came back to him. He looked at it. No, I like this. I don't like that. Keep working. Right? He was delegating to all his employees to make that, to do it. He was leading it, but he delegated. He gave those jobs to other people. So this is an important skill. And this um, Stephen Covey's talking about, you can even do this in your own life. You've got to find ways to delegate, especially those smaller, less important things. The things that are maybe urgent, maybe you must get them done. You know, they're kind of necessary, but they're less important. You don't want to waste your time on them. I'll give you a small example. Imagine you're very busy in your life. Again, like maybe you have your own business. Maybe you're busy with a lot of kids and you've got some money and you're just spending a lot of time cleaning your house every day. You know, you're, you kind of, your house is big and you're cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. And, and it's, it's a huge amount of work. And maybe on the outside of your house too, you got to cut the grass, take care of the trees. Well, maybe you should delegate that, pay somebody to do those things, right? A lot of a lot of people have money do that. They have housekeepers that come in, they clean their house. Or they have landscapers. Those are people who, you know, cut the grass and take care of the trees and do that work. They're delegating. So now they have time. That time, they don't need to do that. They can use it for something else. They can focus on their family. They can focus on their business. They can focus on something else because they delegated those little jobs. So he's saying, as you look through your list of what's important in your life and what's less important, try to find things that you can delegate. Delegation might also be something you do as a parent, right? You might maybe, again, like if you're tired of cleaning your house and doing all the work and washing the dishes and you're doing everything and you have kids who are a little bit older, well, they can help delegate Get them to do it, you know, right? One of your kids can take out the garbage. Maybe you take turns and uh, your kids have to wash the dishes, right? And they take turns washing the dishes. And one, you know, and one of your other kids has to, you know, clean the floors once a week. You don't, they don't have to be your slaves, but they can help. You can delegate some jobs to them. These are just examples. It's really, you decide. It's, there's not a, na- a right answer. There's not a wrong answer about this. The, the key point, though, is just to think about it, that as you look at your list of daily things you must do, the things at the bottom that are, the, that are not very important to you, try to find a way to get someone else to do it for you.
then he gives a little advice. When you do this, be sure, you know, that you help them, coach the person, tell them how you want to do it, show them how they should do it. Make sure they are responsible. They're responsible for this job, for this area of work. And then check later. After they do the work, come back and check their work. Be sure they did it correctly. If they did it wrong, tell them how they did it wrong. Show them and then coach them. And, you know, be a good manager, a good leader when you delegate. Which is good advice. And that's it. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, 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 bum. All right. That's the end of the chapter. Pretty simple stuff. In my podcast this week, I actually was a little bit more detailed about this process of creating goals and creating these systems or habits for every day. So if you missed it, listen to my audio podcast from this week. I think it's my last three or my last four podcasts. You should listen to those because um, I gave you a lot of my own ideas about this topic in more detail than the book. All right, so those are my ideas. I agree with what he's saying. Um, I don't really have a lot to add to that. I think it's pretty uh, pretty direct, what he's saying. it's The key idea is priorities. It's a simple idea, really. It's a simple idea. It's a clear idea. I think most of us can see that it's a good idea. It's just that we forget sometimes. It's easy to forget. I think the, the, the main idea here that's obvious is that it's so easy to be distracted. It means it's so easy to focus on lots of little things that that make us busy every day and every week in our life. And then because we're so focused on all these little things that are we're so busy with all these little things that it's too easy to forget about the deeper, more important things, the things that are most important for our long-term success and happiness. And he's just saying, turn it around. Focus most of your time and energy first on the most important things. Then do all those little busy things if you want to. But it's, some of those little things you need to say no. Some of those little things, get someone else to do them. Even pay someone else to do them. And some of those little things, just ignore. Because it's the big things that are most important in life. And how do you know that? Because you decide. It's your life. So you decide those important things. I'm not telling you which ones they are. For some people, it's family. For some people, it's work. For some people, it's uh, uh, religion. For some people, it's health and fitness. All those things are important. I think for most people, those all those things are important. Some people maybe... The order is different. So one is diff number one. It might be different for different people, but I think for most people, those things, those five or six things, are actually for most people that I know, it's it's similar, right? It's it's their marriage and their family. So you know, marriage, their wife, husband and wife, their kids, family in general. It's you know, God, religion, it's um, and morality. It's. Um, you know, money, financial, work, business, and then, you know, health, fitness, those kind of things. So make those, if, 
you know, you might change the order. Maybe for some people, health is number one. Some people, family is number one, whatever. But they're all usually very important for most people. For some people, it's more, it's learning. But you decide and make sure your day is filled with those things, that you are doing important work in those areas. Don't get too distracted by TV, by all the little things you have to do at work, by all the little small distractions, by that cell phone that we get distracted by so much. It's not those things are bad, you know, it's okay to watch videos, it's okay to relax, it's okay to do those things. Just don't ignore the important things. That's the key. The important things come first, then the other things. That's all he's saying. The important things must be first in your life, then do the other stuff. That's all. Good advice, simple advice, but pretty good. All right, let's go to comments and questions live. I'll take a drink of water and let you type your questions and comments. And by the way, as I said in my uh, audio podcast, this is a good time of year to think about this topic. What's most important to me in my life long term? What's most important to me for the rest of my life? It's not just one thing, probably. It's probably a few things. But think about it. I've been doing this myself. I do this frequently. What's most important? And then the second question you ask yourself, am I focusing on those things every day? If this is important to me, am I focusing on it every day? You know, if your family is important to you, are you spending enough time with your family every day? Are you giving them enough energy every day? Are you being, uh, you know, happy and positive? patient with them every day and if not that's okay but maybe it's time to change okay let's go to the comments <laughs> Tata with a nice question which is true if we delegate our things to someone then we should be ready to be delegated <laughs> Yeah, that someone else will delegate their stuff to us. Well, this happens in, in work environments. Sometimes there's nothing you can do about that. This is true, especially when, you're, uh, when you have no choice in a situation like it, a job. Um, if you're like, uh, you know, if you're under someone else, the boss is going to delegate to you. What can you do? You know, sometimes, you know, that's just part of your job. That That's your position. And that's why it's nice. That's why it's nice to go up, to get promoted, to be higher in the company, because then you do more delegating, right? You give away more jobs and do more leadership and more management. But when you're low in the company, right, when you're near the bottom, well, then everybody else is giving jobs to you. And so you're busy and doing everybody's jobs. Um yeah, that's the reality of works, unfortunately. Um, not for all, not for all jobs. You know, some jobs are not like that, but many jobs are like that. And you're right. 
But at least in your personal life, try to do it as much as you can. And and sometimes you just have to do the work and you have to get organized. But you're you're right about that. Ong says, uh, thanks for every audio show. They help us see the right path, certainly for me. Thank you, Ong. That's great. Yes, I enjoy doing the audio show. As as you probably know, you know, the audio podcast the Effortless English podcast, audio podcast, is the Effortless English show. It's, I don't know what, 80-90% of my shows are only audio, no video. I do, you know, about once a week I do a video show, but I will do four or five or six audio shows per week. And, and my video shows are recorded so this audio is also going to be on the audio podcast. So every show appears on my audio podcast. So if you're only watching my videos, some of some people find me on YouTube, for example, and they only see the videos. They don't realize there's, you know, four or five times more shows that they're missing. So what do you do? How do you get the audio podcast? Just get a podcast app for your phone or whatever device. There are many. Podcast Addict, A-D-D-I-C-T. Podcast Addict is popular. That's a good app. It's free. Tune In, T-U-N-E-I-N. That's another one. There are many. There's if you there's so many podcasting apps. Just you know, do a search in the app store. You'll find many. Get a podcasting app, and then what do you do? These apps they also have a search inside them in the app. Just put Effortless English Podcast. Search for that. You'll find my, my show will appear in the app. You'll see it. And there'll be a button to subscribe. Just subscribe to the podcast. Then you'll get it. Every new show you'll get automatically. They're all free. All the, podca- all the audio podcasts are free. So don't miss it. Don't miss it. Oh, lots of people just saying hello. So hello to all of you. Jao. I can't, I'm not sure to pronounce that. I know it's a Brazilian name. J-O-A-O with the little um, uh, tilde thing. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. I can't pronounce Portuguese. Uh, but anyway, thank you. Okay, Nasser. It's always easy to start things about how to be constant until we make them habits. It's difficult, especially simple things. You need to increase it bit by bit for long-term goals. Yeah, that's right. Um, Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because it really depends, right? A lot of people have difficulty in the beginning. A lot of people starting is the problem. This is especially true for big things, I find. Big goals that are scary. Like starting your own business, like what Vanya did, you know, taking a gap year and traveling, doing something that seems kind of uh, really different, uh, that's uncertain. A lot of people, just the first couple steps are very scary and very tough. But on the other hand, you're also right. Sometimes, some people, some situations, it's the opposite. They start easily, but then very quickly they stop. Maybe the best example of that is exercise. New Year's, I talked about it in my podcast. Lots of people start exercising the first week of January. Maybe some of you are doing it. 
And then by the end of January, they, they've all quit or a lot of them have quit. Um, cause you know, building a habit takes some time. You need to do it for several weeks until it becomes part of your life. And that is why, you know, I, I, I talk about different little techniques in my past videos and shows of using a lot of energy, a lot of emotion, jumping up and down, having, you know, make dreaming big, all of these things to give you more power, more emotion, more energy in the beginning when you're starting to get the habit. You know, it's the first, I don't know, it's the first month or two months that it often is the most difficult. Let's say two months. To get that new habit going, you need about two months of constant action. And because it's not a habit yet, it's new, you do need a lot of energy, a lot of emotion ah, to get yourself to do it. So you have to make yourself excited and jump around and imagine your big success in the future and all these tricks with your mind and your emotions to stay excited, to stay enthusiastic in the beginning. You need that for at least two months. I, I think about two months. Then after that, after two months, usually now you have a habit and you can relax a little bit. It becomes more automatic after that. But those first couple months can be tough. Uh, Hesina, hello again. Uh, I think you should never talk about your goals with others if you want to reach them. Because you'll be used to talking about them and forget to take action instead of taking action and then showing them. Good comment. I actually find when I read about goals and uh, talk to people about goals, there are kind of two, two thoughts about this. So uh, a lot of people think the same as Hasina. When you have a goal, a dream, don't tell other people. And the idea is because what Hasina is saying, you get distracted talking about it or maybe you tell other people and they're negative so now that takes away your motivation and makes it more difficult so those are good points but on the other side some people say no do tell people your goals and their reason is when you do that now it's public now there's a little more pressure on you to do it because if you don't do it, maybe you feel embarrassed because you told everybody. You told everybody you're running a marathon this year. So it's public. Maybe it's a little bit of social pressure. Um, I don't know. I don't have an opinion about it, honestly. Sometimes I talk about my goals and sometimes I don't. Just kind of how I feel. I, I don't... Um, for me, I don't... I, I, I uh, probably... I find I don't need the social pressure. It doesn't really help me that much. So telling everybody I'm going to do something, um, it doesn't really make a difference because if I change my mind, I don't really care. I'll, I'll just change my mind. <laughs> so I kind of, I probably agree with Hasina a little more in my own life, but I, there's not a wrong answer. I think just what, whatever you works for you better is my opinion. Carol, good to see you. Happy New Year, Carol. Um, that's why it's important to learn to say no. It's a good skill to have in life to say no. Yes. It's also good to learn how to say yes to things. It's good to learn how to say yes to new things, to new learning, new opportunities, to uncertainty. But it's also good to say no, to learn how to say no when other people are demanding things from you. 
it's you need to be able to say no to things that are less important. And sometimes there is social pressure to do things that are not important to you, that you don't want to do, that are distracting from your purpose, and you just have to say no sometimes. It's just knowing when, right? But it is a good skill, and some people have a very hard time saying no. I used to have a very hard time saying no. Uh, not so much now, but when I was younger. Um, again, jo I, I pronounce your name what, jo jo Joao, 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 <laughs> Andrade. I'm going to say your last name, Andrade. Um, sorry about the bad pronunciation. Um, do you do you think reading aloud is good for improving pronunciation? You know, I talk about this. Yes, it can be. I talk about this in my pronunciation course. Um, but you really should, when you're practicing your pronunciation, be sure you have audio to help you. Just reading out loud only is not so good because what if maybe you're pronouncing it wrong? That's the problem, right? How do you know? Well, you know if you have the audio, like an audio book or an audio, if you, then you know for sure because you're hearing the native speaker, you're hearing the correct pronunciation, you say it, you can compare yourself to the correct one. So in that case, reading out loud can help, but just be sure you always have that audio to correct yourself, you know, the real audio when you're working with pronunciation. Huang says, uh, there are too, too many things I have to focus. Exactly. This is a, a lot of people have this um, feeling. Too many things. I'm too busy. There's so many things I have to focus on. So you just have to, you, this is why, again, what he's talking about, you have to decide what's most important. What's number one? What's number two? What's number three? What's number four? And what's number 20? And the point is, it's maybe number 20 still is important. Okay? Maybe it's still, still good. But... You have to, you have to decide. Okay, I have one hour. What do I do? What do I focus on? Well, focus on number one, right? Of course, not number twenty, because number one is the most important. So of course, that gets your attention first. What gets your attention next? Number two, then number three, and then number four. And if you have time, then number twenty, later. But it's number twenty. Don't forget that. This is the, people forget this. They forget it. And so they start focusing on every day, number 20, number 20, number 19, number 23. And then all their time is focused on these low things, less important. And they're ignoring number one and number two and number three. That's when you create big problems in your life. Ah, Marcin with a nice long comment. Let's see. Creating new habits is very difficult, especially when motivation goes away. Yes, motivation always goes away. It's, uh, I don't know if motivation goes away, but uh, that super excitement drops. It's certainly going to go down. Usually. I won't say certainly, but often it will. It's just the feelings and feelings are temporary. Exactly. They will go away at some point. Good point, yes. Creating habits is difficult when you're tired, your focus isn't that strong. So for me, reminding of what is important is a powerful way to keep your habits every day. But you must have all of those things in your mind always. Yes, good points. 
Another way to say this, what Marcin is saying is that, and I think what Stephen Covey's saying, is that you're using your brain to decide. That de Again, it's about character deep inside you. It's not your emotions controlling you. Right? So, for example, if health and fitness is important to you, let's say fitness is important to you, having, keeping your body strong. It doesn't matter how you feel. You exercise anyway. Today I exercised. I was a little lazy this morning. I didn't really want to do it, but I did it. So it's not based on my feelings. I don't have to feel super excited to do it. It's important to me. I know it's one of the very important things. I have to do it. And especially as I get older, it becomes even more important. So you know what? It doesn't matter if I'm tired. It doesn't matter if I feel lazy. It doesn't matter my feelings at all. They're not important because there's something deeper that is stronger than the feeling. And that is, you know, that character, the, the decisions, the values, the principles where I know this is important, not only for me personally, but just, you know, to, to, to have the energy and to be strong enough to, to do effortless English and to, you know, enjoy time with my wife and to enjoy time with kids and to do, just enjoy life in general. So I'm just going to do it. Some days I feel excited to do it and some days I don't, but it doesn't matter. You do it anyway. It's again like brushing your teeth is a nice example. Nobody's excited about brushing their teeth. I don't think so. <laughs> not many people. It's not very exciting. You don't need emotion to do it. You don't need to be excited about it. You don't want to have to jump up and down and, I'm going to brush my teeth. Yeah. Rah! Right? <laughs> you just do it. You know it's important. You know it. To keep your teeth clean, you have to do it. So you just do it. <sighs> Taking a bath or a shower. Same idea. You know, you just do it because you need to be clean. You don't need a lot of emotion to do it. In fact, you'll see this with children because children don't want to do these things, right? A lot of little, small children, right? It's time to brush your teeth. Oh, I don't want to. Ah! Right? If This is why, again, we as a parent, you have to have discipline because a lot of little children, they won't brush their teeth. They won't take a bath. They don't like it. <laughs> so, right? You can't let them follow their emotions. You can't do it because long term, it's bad for them. So... As the parent, you're like, well, I don't care. It doesn't matter if you don't want to. It doesn't matter if you don't like it. You got to brush your teeth. Come here, brush your teeth, you know. And eventually it becomes a life habit and don't even think about it anymore. So, you know, you can use these emotional tricks and enthusiasm to get excited in the very beginning. That is helpful to get you started. But it's also very important to keep, stay, keep your vision, keep your dreams in your mind. Stay focused on what's important. Realize and develop your self-discipline so that eventually you're just doing it every single day. It's just part of your life because it's important. Because you know, you know, because your deeper character, your deeper intelligence knows this will make your life better. Even right now, you don't want to do it, but you know this is the right thing to do for long term, overall. Here's a language question, kind of interesting. I don't know if I can answer it. I've been, learn I've been learning German since three years, 
for, for okay since yep since three years ago i lost my english abilities because of the likeness of the languages what should i do well if you just need it, just listen to a lot of english for a while i think that it'll come back I think eventually the German will help your English, as you said, because there are connections between the two. Um, so you maybe you just need to take a little break from German for a while and do some intensive, right? I mean, just, you know, several hours every day, English, English, English for a few months. Probably that will bring your English back to life and you'll be okay. Give, try that. I think you'll be okay. You'll be fine. Oh, now here's an interesting comment from Fernando. Busy people usually solve tasks faster. This is an excellent point. Uh, a lot of times we're just, we just, we, we're too distracted. A lot of times we don't realize we can do a lot more than we think. We waste a lot of time. You know, I know a lot of jobs, for example, many jobs that I had in the past. Go, go to the job and everybody works eight hours per day, but they don't really work eight hours per day because a lot of the time they're standing around, they're talking, playing on the internet, distracted, uh, go get it, go, go to the bathroom, have a break. They waste a huge amount of time. The amount of actual work when they're focused, completely focused, totally focused on work is sometimes maybe two hours a day. If they would focus the whole time, they would be so productive. They could get so much done. And we're like this too. You know, I remember uh, when I, way back when I was in school, high school and university, um, this was kind of my, one of my tricks. I, I would... I would never spend much time studying or write or writing papers or anything like that. Uh, it, to me, I just I never needed much time outside of class. Right? I could easily get the homework done. I could study for tests quickly. All these things, and then I'd be surprised because I would meet other people, um, even family members who would complain, like, "Oh my God, I have to study." you know, uh, four hours a day, every day doing homework and studying. And I, I did not understand, like, how? Why? But then I started to realize, because I would sometimes see them studying, and they would be distracted. They'd be talking, people would walk by, they would chat and talk with their friends while they're studying, and they would look at something, and they'd look at their phone, and they, they were constantly distracted. They were not studying for four hours. They were sitting kind of studying, but most of it was distracted. But when I studied, I was alone and focused and nothing else. So maybe I did 45 minutes, but it was completely and totally focused, no distractions, no waste of time. So I could get a lot done in a very quick time. If I sit down to write a paper, I didn't know, oh, what should I write? I just sit down, boom, start writing. Just force myself to get to move and to work and not, not sit around, you know, a lot of people daydream and they just kind of uh, thinking about other stuff. So a lot of our time is wasted by this. And if you really do just focus, 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 no distractions at all. When it's time to work, work. When it's time to exercise, exercise. You will get 
a lot more done than you imagine. And you can do a lot in a shorter time than you imagine. So that's another secret to this with uh, these important things. I mean, for example, when I do my physical exercise, it doesn't, not much time per day. Like my little workout today, it's usually about 15 minutes, something like that. Now I do walk, that's kind of a separate thing. But when I, 15 minutes a day, maybe 20 minutes a day, if I'm being a little slow, uh, that's all I do every day. I do push-ups or pull-ups or things like that. But when I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Boom, 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 boom. I'm not, oh. Like, I, again, you can go to the gym and watch people lift weights. And they'll, they, three hours lifting weights. But it's because they're standing around all, you know, for like a long time, standing around, talking to other people, like social time, watching the TVs in the gym. Ah, uh, oh, they're wasting so much time. If you just focus, you can do an intense workout, a nice strong workout in 20 minutes and you can get a you know, really good workout if you do that. But you can't be wasting any time. So I, this is true for many things in life, you know, even with your English listening. Now, I think you do need at least an hour a day. More is better. Two hours I recommend. But when you're doing it, focus. Okay, don't don't listen to effortless English, you know, listen to your VIP lessons and uh, thinking about something else. And, uh, no, 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 no. Focus, focus, focus. Then you get everything from your time. You get every benefit from your effort. That's a great way to do it. Then you have enough time later in the day to just totally relax. Right? It's like when you're working, work. Totally work. When you're focusing, totally focus. And then the benefit, when you're relaxing, you can totally relax. You don't have to worry about other stuff you should be doing. You can just, oh, I'm done. Just gonna, now I can just sit back and watch a movie. It doesn't matter because I can be lazy. I can take a nap. It doesn't matter because I've, I did what I need to do today. That's a good feeling. Then when you're relaxing, you really are relaxing because this is another problem. A lot of people, they never really relax because they're always worrying about all the things they need to do. So they're, even when they're relaxing, they're not relaxing. <laughs> so good points. Very good points. I agree with that. <laughs> I don't need to, luckily I don't need to say no to all the delicious French desserts. Well, that's good. Okay, here we have a long one from Emmanuel. Hello, Emmanuel, again. Quick sip of water, one sec. <laughs> okay. Okay, hi, dear coach. Um, it's a good point you said, but unfortunately, most folks in Germany here are very weak mentally. I guess they need to cultivate, develop, a good mindset and focus on their goals instead of watching lots of TV or movies. Yeah, well, it's not just Germany. That's probably most places now. I've seen many times folks are getting increasingly cutthroat. Good slang. I'll teach this in a second. When you ask them to get some help, they don't pay attention to what you say as long as they are getting good results. But I guess we need to also be generous in life because more people are helping... Uh, the more people you are helping, the more you are getting back eventually. Keep up. 
I love your effortless English book club lessons. Thank you, Emmanuel. Cutthroat. What a good, uh, that's a nice slang word. Cutthroat. Well, you can imagine what the word means, right? Cutting someone's throat, cutting their neck. But um, we use it as an adjective, actually, to describe. Oh, it's a cutthroat environment. Uh, working in that company, it's very cutthroat. So it's a description. It's an adjective. So what does that mean? A to be cutthroat. To be cutthroat means to, um, it, it, it has the idea of basically like mean competition. Like everybody's just trying to beat or kill, not really kill, but you, you understand, trying to, everyone else is just trying to win. Everybody is just super selfish, trying to win for themselves only, and they don't care about other people. Right? The idea is that the other people will cut your throat if, they, if it helps them. They will cut your throat to win. Not really, but this is, it's like an idiom, right? It's slang. It's an exaggeration. But the idea is that so if, if you work in a company that's cutthroat, nobody's helping any, everybody else. There's no cooperation. You can't trust anybody. Everybody is trying to beat everybody else. They'll lie. They'll cheat. They'll do anything to win. Cutthroat. Good, good word. Strong word. So we can describe, you know, societies. Uh, it's, this is probably a modern thing that we can see in lots of different countries now. This globalization thing is that lots of countries becoming more cutthroat where there's, there's not the politeness anymore, right? People are not so polite anymore. They're not so kind anymore. They're not generous anymore. They only care about themselves. Just me, 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 me. And they will, they don't care about you. It's a good observation. It's true. And I think, you know, what Emmanuel is kind of saying there is that part of that comes from maybe their failure, their laziness, because um, they're not proactive. They're not getting what they want in life, right? They're just distracted by TV. So that means it makes them kind of a cutthroat. It means that they feel like they don't have enough. Therefore, they're not generous. Therefore, they're not kind, right? It's interesting. Uh, Dung says, I missed the previous chapters. Uh, well, just, uh, they're all recorded. So if, you, if you're just starting the book now with me, chapter three, go back, you know, look at the audio podcast or YouTube. And uh, you'll find chapters two and chapter one. You'll also find a lot of other books we've done. Okay. Uh, Rafakul says, the challenge is not to manage time. Yeah, I agree with what he's saying here. Uh, but to manage ourselves, Yes. In order to manage ourselves effectively, we must put first things first. Uh, we have the we must have the discipline to prioritize our day, our day-to-day -day actions based on what is most important, not what is most urgent. Good summary, and you're correct. I often say, you know, people ask me about time management. I often say it's not time management; it's um, it's prioritizing, which is what he's saying, and it's energy management. As I just said, really, we most of us have enough time. 
we have enough time during the day to do what we need to do in life, to do those important things. The problem is we get distracted. The problem is we're trying to do too many things at one time. The, t the problem is we're, we forget our priorities. The problem is we're tired. We don't have, we don't have much energy. So it's really about managing your priorities and managing your energy. When you get those two things right, usually you'll find you have enough time. Now, Carol comes with a very good point about delegating, and it's the reason I'm not good at it. <laughs> so remember, that was Stephen Covey telling you about delegating. I myself am not such a good, I'm not so good at that. <laughs> That's why I have a tiny company, because I don't really like it. The most difficult thing when you delegate to other people is you have to learn to trust people or accept that things aren't done the way you would do them yourself. Yes, it is. Good point. The thing is, you know, as you delegate more, then you, you must become a manager of other people. Because you can't just tell somebody to do something and then forget about it. Because most people will not do a good job if you do that. Most people in that situation, they need a manager. You've got to check back with them. Did they do it right? Did they do it wrong? If they did it wrong, you have to, you know, talk to them and coach them. And it's a process that never ends. And the more you delegate, the more you have to manage. My personal solution is I just keep everything simple in my life. I try to keep everything as simple as possible so I don't need to delegate a lot. I do delegate some. I delegate some. The other thing I do is I, uh, I use technology to do some work. That's another thing. You know, a lot of our technology we have, uh, software and programs and all these things can do a lot of work for us. I also, I'm fine, like small jobs I don't care much about, I'll delegate those too. But the other part of it is I just, my life is very simple, so I don't need to delegate so much. Because I hate managing people. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I don't like doing it. Leadership I like. Leadership, you know, the big vision, inspiring people, what I am do with you on the show and the podcast. I love doing that. But managing people every day, telling them what to do and checking, are they doing a good job or are they doing a bad job and kind of having to be the boss all the time, I hate it. I don't like doing it. So I understand that. Some people don't like it. Some people are like me. They don't enjoy it. If you're like me, then you just have to simplify your life. That's the other thing. Say no. Learn to say no. That's what I've learned to do. I just cut things out. Instead of delegating, if things are not important, I just eliminate them completely. Bye. I don't, this is not necessary. Goodbye. This is not necessary. Goodbye. So, for example, I don't need to pay someone to cut my grass because I don't have a yard. <laughs> I live in a small <laughs> apartment. So I don't need to pay someone to do cut the trees and do all that stuff because I don't have any. I don't have to pay someone to fix my car because I don't have a car. You know, that kind of stuff. So the more you simplify your life, again, a lot of these small things can just disappear. Napoan, hello. Sounds like a Thai name. I used to be frustrated with how to learn English fast, but now I realize your teaching method is the best. Well, thank you. Not only do we get the language, but also we get how to live. Well, thank you very much and Happy New Year to you. It's a cute picture with 2019. 
Hmm. Okay, another language question. Antonello. I have a problem. Since I learned, I have learned English at a basic level, allows me to communicate here in uh, Saudi, Saudi Arabia. I feel I don't have enough motivation to improve it. On the other hand, when I talk with some Americans or English people, so native speakers, I feel uncomfortable because my English is not perfect. Some suggestions. Well, you have two choices. No, choice number one, first of all, that's, that's not wrong. Okay, you don't have to go, you know, if you are happy with your English level, if you don't really need to talk to Americans and British people, if it's if you almost never do it, it's not so important. If mostly you just need to communicate in Saudi Arabia, you know, maybe in a, I don't know what, what you're doing, but maybe in a business environment or something, and you're happy with your English level in that environment, then that's okay. You don't have to keep going. You know, if you, everyone does not have to speak at a high, high level. It's not necessary. Many people want to, but it's your choice. So may, you know, Suggestion number one is just relax. Maybe maybe you've reached your goal with English and that's fine. Now, on the other hand, maybe you're not happy with it. Maybe you just you do want or need to communicate with Americans and Brits and Canadians. And, and in that case, maybe you need to find some interesting materials that, that are, you know, I, I recommend books and audiobooks on topics that are interesting to you especially ones that are hard to find in your own language. Uh, but, you know, find books, find audiobooks. That's a great way to build vocabulary. The other thing is, you know, put yourself in more situations where you will speak to Americans, where you will speak to Brits, because then you, that'll start helping your motivation because you'll, you'll, you'll get uncomfortable. You'll get uncomfortable. You're talking to them and, you, and now you're feeling a little more pressure inside to improve your English. So those are some basic suggestions. Good luck to you. Okay, quick question about VIP uh, from Luong. Uh, having a little bit problems with the payment system. We are changing our VIP system now, the computer system. Hopefully you won't notice many changes, but this week we're making some changes. There might be some bugs. I know we're getting a few reports of little small bugs and issues like this. Uh, just keep trying. I promise that uh, it'll. they're all going to get fixed in about a week. So the next, it might be done tomorrow. They're working on it now. So just keep keep trying, keep checking. And uh, if you still have problems, you know, send send an email. There's an email on my website. Send an email there and uh, we can give you more um, customer support and technical help. And the website is effortlessenglishclub.com. If you go to the bottom, you'll there on the contact page, you'll say contact us. Um, click that link and you'll see a, there, there's an email address for customer help. For So if you have any kind of problems like this, any issues, please send an email about that and we'll get it fixed. No, yeah, this is interesting. Spomenka says, after doing a 60 to 70 hour week at work, wow, I cannot switch off, right? Meaning kind of like relax, turn off. Even though I know I should, should I find it difficult, not able, so not able to relax. Yeah, that's hard, right? I know a lot of people are like that. It's, it's, it can be tough to relax. Some people have the opposite problem. They're so, right? They're, they're, go, 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 go. 
I, I had this experience once, <coughs> excuse me, uh, for a short time, about six months, I worked in an emergency room, um, I, not as a doctor, as a, I did like the kind of psychology type stuff, but still it was busy, busy, long hours, uh, 12 hour days, and sometimes doing, you know, you know 50, 60 hour weeks and uh, in that environment uh, you can imagine emergency room you know it's always you know bang, go 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 fast 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 you know for all that time and so there's kind of a it's kind of what Spaminka is talking about is that you're kind of in this uh, excited state all the time go fast 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 hurry 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 run 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 like everything's an emergency um, so then it, it, it I understand because then I'd come home and maybe I'd have one or two days off and it was it was kind of hard to slow down after all of that, right? Because I'm so used to go, 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 go. And then to suddenly turn off and just relax it was hard. It was very tough. Um, I'm trying to think of any advice I could give you. Well, my, my, my solution was I quit the job. <laughs> I don't know if that's something you would consider doing. Maybe you like it. Some people like that environment. You know, some people love it. Uh, a lot of the people who worked in the emergency room with me, they like that environment. They like that high energy, always go, go, go all the time. There's some people who have that personality and they enjoy it. That's okay. Now, I have the exact opposite personality. I hate that environment. It was way too much for me. I did not like it. So I just quit. So you can quit. That's one. Change jobs. Or the other thing, if you enjoy the job, you like it, then you know, then you just have to find some rituals, some, some habits that can make you relax quickly. Maybe it's some kind of meditation te techniques. Um... You know, maybe even some, you know, herbs, herbal supplements, some kind of like chamomile tea. And, you know, there's a lot of ones you could research them. Um, you know, getting a massage, you know, maybe you go and get like a professional massage every every week after finishing your week. And kind of, you know, ah, relax or I don't know. You might have to put together several techniques to do, you know, like your first day after working your first day off, you know, maybe you spend the first few hours just doing a lot of these kind of relaxation methods to slow down. I, I, meow, meow, says, thanks for teaching about time management and how to prioritize for the urgent requests of others. You are welcome. Thank you, Yara. I feel like you have everything listening to you. Thank you very much. Min, with a nice summary, management is discipline. That would be a good name for a business book. <laughs> management is discipline. It sounds like something like a like a military person would write, you know, right? like a Navy SEAL. Management is discipline. But it's true. I agree with that. It really is. But I've, I've always preferred to focus on self-management. I find it much easier to manage myself than to manage others, I think. Okay. Okay, so here we have the opposite side, number one again. Sometimes it's good to tell your goal to someone because it makes you have more motivation to reach the goal. Yeah, but it just depends. You know, it's... 
It's up to you. It's whatever. You know, these are all they're little tricks that you do. In the beginning, when you're starting these habits, starting these goals, uh, as I said, it can, you know, the first couple months can be more difficult. It's hard to get a new habit going, especially if it's big and very different and difficult. And so you use every mental and emotional trick, every technique you can to keep yourself going. So jumping around, listening to music, telling other people or not telling other people, whatever works for you to keep yourself going. Because if you, you just got to keep going those first couple months. After that, it does usually get easier and more automatic. But those first couple months are often very challenging indeed. And so you just do what you have to do. Okay, I think we are almost done. All right, maybe I'll take one more and then. Oh, here's an exercise question. I'm not sure I'm qualified to answer this question. Vladislav again. Hey there. Good to see you again. Happy New Year. AJ, you talk about exercising every day because it's important. Uh, yep. Should we exercise if we have a really strong headache or if you didn't sleep at night and you feel terrible? The headache one, I don't know. Um, uh, my, so just the, I'll just answer, I'm going to rephrase your, I'm going to rephrase your question a little and basically say, if you feel bad, right? Should, should you, ex like if you're sick, if you got a cold, uh, should you exercise if you're sick, if you've got a headache, if, uh, uh, you had terrible sleep the night before. So my answer to that is to be flexible. My answer is yes, but but do something lighter. So my solution, like if I, in this kind of situation, I just go for a walk. So if, if I have, like, I don't get really headaches, but um, but let's say if I got a, uh, I'll just wake up and I'm really tired. Like I couldn't sleep the night before. I didn't get enough sleep. I just feel terrible. Ugh, my body feels bad. I'm sore. I don't feel good. So what do I do? I do not do hard exercise usually, but I will walk. So I just do light exercise. I, and for me, light exercise is walk. So I'll still go walk for an hour because I usually that makes me feel better. I find it makes me feel better. I go nice and slowly, just a relaxing walk. I'm still exercising, getting my heart beating a little more, you know, moving my muscles, all the good things about walking. But it's not hard exercise, right? It's not it's not going to make me feel bad. In fact, as I said, it usually makes me feel better. Even if I'm sick going for a walk, I usually feel a little better after I do that. So it's just it's you just you just be flexible. Some days if when you're if you really feel bad, yeah, maybe you don't do a hard workout lifting weights. It's too maybe it's too much. Or any or maybe you don't go for a really long run that's hard. But you just do something very light. You could do something relaxed and easy, but you're still doing something. That's my solution. That's what I do. I prefer to still do something, but I just make it lighter. By the way, same idea with English. Let's say the same situation. Oh, you got a headache. You got a cold. You didn't get enough sleep. Oh, your concentration is not good. You feel terrible. You really 
really hard to listen to English two hours today. Uh, I feel like, I just feel horrible. Uh, well, don't do nothing. Still listen to English, but maybe you just relax a bit more about it, okay? Maybe just listen for 30 minutes on that terrible day. And, okay, maybe your concentration's not quite as good. You know, maybe you just lay down on the, in a bed and listen to English for 30 minutes. But you're still doing something, right? It's a little lighter, it's easier, but you still do something. I find that for the important things, try to still do something. Just do less. Do it softer, do it less, but still do something. That's my best advice. It helps with the habit, you know. When you do nothing, it breaks the habit, and that makes it hard the next day to start again. If you do a little bit, well, at least you still did it. It's still a habit. It just helps. It really does make it easier. It makes it better. It will build the habit stronger. So my recommendation for any situation like that, when your motivation's low, you feel bad, you're sick, you're tired, no sleep, all those kinds of situations, do less, do it lighter, but still do something. Okay then, I think that's all for chapter three today. I think we've covered this goal setting and priorities and all that. Next week, we'll come back. Let's see, next week, am I still here? Yes. Next week, we'll come back with chapter four. Now, the book is changing next week. Habit one, habit two, habit three, we're focused on yourself, right? Individual habits for this book. Now, the next habit, now we're going to focus really socially, focusing on other people, focusing on contribution, focusing on managing and leading other people. So... First, we've focused on ourselves, the right mindset, the right vision, the right goals. Now we're going to take all of that and we're going to go out into the world with other people. Because, of course, in life, we have to deal with other people. Right? We need the skill to communicate, to have good relationships. A lot of life, a lot of happiness, a lot of success is about good skills with other people. So, uh, habit four and five and six are all three about other people, dealing with other people, communication, social skills, things like that. So we'll be back with chapter four next week. Meanwhile, join my audio podcast. And as always, especially now, this time of year, join and commit to my VIP program. Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Go now, start, commit, do it. And... Lots of love to all of you who join live. Lots of love to all of you listening to the recording. See you next time. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Join today at EffortlessEnglishClub.com.